when you're in uh, when you are in junior high school, if you're in junior high school, and uh, it is the day to dissect the frog, do not eat the eggs of a pregnant frog. Why do you like to end the theme song with sounds of you dying? I have noticed that um, I have been coughing during, like, when I do the laugh. You laugh. And I, and you, I you do, do this call. insane laugh, yeah, and then you yeah. die. And uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Um, I actually have something to say about that. It's also kind of gross. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's I, hit it. Or, do you remember when I was uh, coming over to your house several weeks ago, and I had, like, real bad gas a lot? I'd fart, and it would smell. And oh, I wasn't going to tell the audience, yeah. but yeah. 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 So so that was also around the time when I was eating a lot of salads, like, every night. Right. And, um, right, right. So these salads, they I would have to take the fattest, fattest mm-hmm. shit afterwards. Now, here's the thing. I really, really like the salads that I would uh, uh, that I would get. I'd get a Caesar salad, and um, I would uh, I would have that Caesar salad with uh, extra mozzarella cheese and salami, and then I would take it huh. home. In uh, the salad? Yes, yes. And um, I would always get a little bit of extra dressing. Um, excuse me and i would go, come home and get unsalted roasted peanuts um put them on there and then i would also i usually have a bag of frozen blueberries or frozen uh hmm. different types of berries like i think um the, that week okay, it might have been this doesn't sound like a caesar salad anymore no no it's not so then i so okay. then i i take i take those thaw them under like hot water in a strainer um, usually blueberries, sometimes blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries, maybe cherries. D- different. I mean, it depends on like the biggest frozen berry bag. Are those pretty crumb. soggy if you thaw them in hot water? You, you got to be careful. Like I'll, 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 okay. Um, okay. I'll, I'll continuously kind of put my put my hand in there to, as soon as they are warm and not at all cold. Because if you if you um, put them in there when some of them are still cold, you'll bite down and it'll like, eh, mm. like you bite down on a frozen. You don't want that berry. frozen. No, chunk. Eh, no, no. That's like makes like you a um, smoothie. Yeah, it's not properly yeah. blended. No, not at all. Okay, but it's true. You don't okay. want them to get too soggy and, and squishy. So it's kind of like a, a, a bit in the middle. Fine line. O- almost, Fine almost line. like as soon as the. Okay, so I put them in the strainer. I I uh, cut my hands, cup my hands under the strainer. Mm-hmm. As the hot water is going down, as soon as the water that's draining um, is not is no longer cold, it, it becomes just not cold, room temperature or you know maybe kind of warm or tepid. Uh-huh. Um, that's when I stop and I just shake them out. I put them, I put it on the uh, on the salad. I, I I dump half of the extra Caesar dressing. And then I shake. I close the box up and I shake it nice. and I eat it. Gotta get it, that shake. It is fucking delicious. But let me tell you, um, Fart City. A lot of times I I will have eaten absolutely nothing the entire day, and then I eat this salad and uh-huh. I and I eat it. I eat it down. Empty um, tank. Yeah, and so so I fart and I poop and I fart and I poop and I fart and I poop. <laughs> but I remember the um, so juvenile. S- several months ago we did a show. And I did the the intro laugh, and I didn't cough. I have a feeling that um, 
Perhaps the salad ignited the types of bowel movements in my body that were actually necessary in order to get excess mucus or gunk out of my system. Hmm. So you think that eating salads changed your poop in a way that made you stop coughing when you did an insane madman laugh at the end yeah, of the I, song? Yeah, I, I think that um, okay. I, I was overall much healthier because my system was being totally cleaned out right um in the most splashiest way i mean i would have to take showers after a lot of oh those no. poops yeah okay well welcome to the gross out podcast ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us at 19 in uh here at 1990 what i am your host i am Adam your michael. host michael joseph and across from me is the co-host <laughs> adam michael <coughs> Hey, Mike. How's it going? Not too bad, Adam. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Did you catch the coronavirus yet? I haven't had it. I haven't um, had it. Not that I know I haven't of. had it more than once, at least. No, I have not. Have I've, we? I've been safe, and uh, yeah, I've been wearing my mask like a uh, good United States citizen, and no, you know, citizen limiting where I go. You know, everybody in the world is like supposed to do that now. Yeah, well, you know, um, the bad U.S. citizens won't do it. And, uh, uh, the Germans are also. Uh, oh yeah, they have mask problems there in Germany. Uh, yet again, the Germans are God. being defiant and uh, trying to push the world around. And, it's know, been a while since they they caused any real ruckus. It's so, true, you know. <laughs> you, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta. I, I know this is gonna sound a little strange, Uh-oh. but. Can we at least give them a little bit of credit for the second go around? Because they were absolutely destroyed and mm. humiliated in 1914, right? 1914, 1917. So, you know, around then during World War One, they totally lost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they got, you know, blown to pieces. They came back then, with a vengeance. Dude, less than... Less than like, what, 25, yeah. 30 years yeah, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. they rose. And, and dude, and this time... <laughs> They, they this were a time, real threat. It was close. No, like, you know, was, you're right. I, was, I don't want to say much good about the Third Reich, but... <laughs> dude, they were effective. I mean, how can, how can a country get completely destroyed and then, like, less than... In, in just about 30 years, come back again and, and, and nearly kick the shit out of... Britain and, yeah. you know, the U.S. Uh, I think... Gen- <clears throat> uh, Have you seen the movie Greyhound? No, Tom Hanks movie on Apple oh, Plus. Oh, it's, uh, he's he's a captain of a boat and uh, not Captain Phillips, but a you know a different captain. Mm-hmm. And um, there, it kind of makes you feel like you know, it wasn't a sure thing. Um, I think the, General that the Allies were going to win the war. General Patton, I think, has uh, stated <clears throat> in in a letter back. Uh, Back to uh, stateside. Um, is that correct? Stateside? Back sure. to America? Sure. Go um, with it. Where, where, no, he was like, look, I, I, I think we can win, but that doesn't mean that like, we're totally going to. I mean, we, we, yeah. we can still lose this big time. It's crazy. I mean, I think what, what was the, the, the thing the Germans did that really screwed them was they kept trying to go into Russia. But if they hadn't done that, mm. and also if they had... I mean, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't want to say, say because it, you know, you know, I think everybody's, go ahead, go ahead. everybody's happy that they lost, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, those four hundred thousand British soldiers on Dunkirk, 
Right. I mean, all they had to do was just fly over them. Yeah. And take care. And then, dude, England would have been nothing. It's just been. They they could have just walked in, waltzed right into London, and there they go. It wouldn't They're have, off it, to it, the races. It wouldn't have been anything. And yeah. if you and if you would like beat Britain, then I mean, yeah. Like, yeah trouble it's just like it dude it was close people don't i don't think people really you're right i don't think people yeah. realize that shit was not easy that was like that was a really it was, it was a bad time and uh unfortunately the the good guys won that's true no it's a good thing um yeah it's a good thing well mike uh you know how, how are you doing through this pandemic these days <sighs> you know um it's kind of, you know, little little tiny things are just so odd. Like when I walk out of my job at the restaurant and I take my gloves off and I take my mask off, it's such a strange feeling because mm. I'm there and I've got the mask on. You, and, and you had to wear that like the whole time. Yeah, totally. The yeah. whole time. I mean, you should. Yeah. Um, See, so, at work, I, I sit at my desk alone and nobody really comes up to me or approaches me and I, I don't have to wear my, my mask the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I have a brother who's a car salesman. He has to wear it the whole day out in the heat in and out of doors. And yeah, I mean, it's a different kind of thing for him, but like, you know, I'm pretty lucky that I get to sit at my desk and don't have to wear it all day. Cause I think I'd feel pretty differently about it. It's, um, it's strange how normal it is. Yeah. Like the masks are like, they're like another fashion thing. You yeah. Know, it's yeah. like a, it's like a piece of fashion people have different ones you buy different ones i'm sure there's people that are making custom ones hey there's there's a legitimate business in that i think we even talked about doing uh doing something like that or or someone could make like uh you know different um just different things you Mm -hmm. know like just you you could even have like different um i don't even i can't think of the word right now dude because I, I didn't eat enough salad today. Instead, I had oh. McDonald's. And really oh, well, you're not going to be able to think anything then. No. No, that's too bad. No, I've got too much fat and saturation in my in my balls. Okay. How's that? Well, never mind. Let's not go into that. Okay. Um, Mike, have you heard of this band, The Smashing Pumpkins? Absolutely. Would you like to uh, do a show on them tonight? Absolutely. And... I would like to um, take this opportunity. This episode is going to be dedicated to one of our biggest fans and one of my favorite people in the whole fucking world, Jason, my cousin. This show is especially for you, and I'll tell you why. Uh, uh, really, well, you and and uh, your your uh, your family, extended family. Um, I remember being really quite excited and and emphatic about this band publicly when uh, me and my me and my brother visited them in in uh spring texas and um i i remember i think uh my birthday that that uh that next year um i think they i i got two cds from them one of them was chumbawamba tub thumping oh of course and the other was uh Siamese Dream by wow. the Smashing Pumpkins, and I had been I had heard uh, songs from really just Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, and I just loved that record. I could not stop listening to it. Well, it's huge. That was um, I had heard some tracks on Siamese Dream, but 
but they 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 got me that that cd and dude i popped that shit in and and like to me it was a perfect record i mean it just was you know no it was probably the second in my opinion quote-unquote perfect record that that i had ever heard the first one for me was uh never mind um and the second uh, I think it was Siamese Dream or uh, the Black Album by Metallica, but uh, but I think um, yeah, Siamese Dream was another one of those records that. Um, what about Tub Thumping? <laughs> Tub Thumping. That actually, <laughs> dude. Okay, so I've never. I don't know that I've ever heard any other Chumbawamba songs. Um, there's. Uh, but I definitely remember the, the album okay, art there, with that like pink baby yeah, on the a green baby. background. Um, okay, there was. Um, the the good ship lifestyle and there okay, was also right, save it for our chumbawamba show okay right? yeah we'll have yeah. <laughs> no no there was a couple of songs on there that i thought were uh were not bad but i just uh, uh jason I, I you know i know you'll probably hear this um uh yeah man that that record was extraordinarily special to me and um really uh man it's just it was a really really great moment and i i don't know how many times i think i had to buy it twice because oh, yeah? I, I, I think once. Never mind. I definitely have had to buy twice, two or three times. Just wear it out. Yeah, um, Siamese Dream was um, super, super great thing. I'm excited about this episode, and um, this is totally dedica- dedicated to you, my man. All right, I, I miss you very much, and I can't wait to see you again. Dude, Jason is awesome on uh, on Twitter. He's always like shouting us out and retweeting us and stuff. And uh, uh, he I also does. Um, yeah, go ahead. Before go ahead. I even posted about our last episode, our our Angus show, he had tweeted about it. So, word, Jason. Thanks for all the uh, support online, man. That's and he's great. he's got a um a sh- uh, a channel, Jank the Tank. Is that what it's called? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it's called. Uh, and he streams video games. And uh, I, I know that's a big thing. I'm sure a lot of people uh, watch it. Those of you who are listening that are into that. I, I, I've seen like some of one episode. Um, I watched one where he was playing Flight Simulator. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I saw one fun. where he was playing Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong Country, to be oh, specific. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Great game. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it's fucking awesome and um I, and I will be tuning into that and ladies and gentlemen we encourage you to do so as well jank the tank check that shit out all right well let's get it started off before we're going to talk about the uh, the smashing pumpkins second full-length album tonight Siamese dream but Fuck before yeah. we get into that let's just listen to a, a couple tracks off of their debut album gish here is their first single Siva
it really is very raw. It is, but it's still very Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, I remember hearing a story. Billy Billy wrote that riff, the intro riff, uh, while working at a record store, and he uh, he would bring an acoustic guitar with him, and he totally wrote it just sitting on his ass. That's great. Is that Siva? I always love that song. Um, yeah, dude, I, I really like Gish. Yeah, Gish was great. It was it was I think the um. The biggest selling independent record um, at the, at the time, like it, it broke a lot of records as far as um, independent releases when it when it was released. And just like on uh, Siamese Dream, they're working with producer Butch Vig. Yep. Who? He's he's a known name, right? Like yeah. he's done some albums. <laughs> <laughs> also Who? produced uh, a little a little band you already mentioned. Oh, uh, Tad. Never mind. Never mind. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, there thought, we go. I thought you meant uh, <laughs> silver chair. Did we mention them? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Silver chair is not bad. Dude, yeah. Here's I am one. This is the lead track off of Gish and their second single. Yeah, dude, I, I've always loved that intro, that, that, that opening. Jimmy's drums. track i think that that you might want to consider yes is it about a large african animal (laughs) 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 yeah it is it's called giraffe it's not called giraffe mike this is so soothing i've always loved this sound is a rhinoceros. See, I'm glad we ended up playing this because uh, it gives you a different side, a different yeah, yeah. facet. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It sounds like this a lot 
on the, uh, the album in question tonight. those octave chords this is this is a good this is still a great song i still really like this song Gish came out May 28, 1991, just a uh, couple short months before uh, a big old record with a big old sound produced by the same producer. Yeah. Uh, I think the... You know. Okay. If you... Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. If you want. That's all, right? That's not disrespectful, how, is it? How very appropriate. No, because they, they did the exact same thing at live concerts. <laughs> the, have you seen that, that clip? No, I haven't. There's that, a bunch. There's a bunch great. of them uh, <laughs> starting Smells Like Teen Spirit. And, and then um, be like, denied. Yeah, no. He, uh, Kurt will... St- he, he Sometimes he would stop and just like take his guitar off and leave the stage. And Chris would say, we're, 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 we're going to skip that one. Jeez, that would be um, rough. I mean, they had plenty of songs yeah, to no, build a set I, without it. Th- but th- like. That was the funny thing. Like when I heard when I heard about that. Of course, you know, later Kurt had already uh, died. Um, oh, people would say that they'd be like, "Yeah, they like started Smells Like Teen Spirit, and then they didn't play it." Whenever someone would tell me, I'd be like, "Well, so what?" I mean, there's like there's like twenty other songs that they can play that are just as great and you know, would get me just as excited. I yeah. mean, if I was at a concert, at a Nirvana concert, and, and they, they didn't play teens, I don't even think I'd notice. Just be like, oh, yeah, they um they didn't play Teen Spirit, probably hmm. because they don't want to. Yeah. I That's mean, they, fine. That's shit, they, they played Lithium. Well and, within their rights. Yeah, it's right? fine. I mean, if they were to play... yeah. Uh, there was one of one of the one of the, one, I think Heart Shaped Box came on my iPod today on my way to work. Every now and then Nirvana will come on, um, and to this day, like, man, that is like one probably the only band that will come on and and always change my mood for the better. I'm not in a bad mood often. I'm really not, but if I am, um. I remember, dude, Nirvana sometimes, I remember sometimes, like, like say I felt sick or something, like I yeah. had a cold or, or a fever when I was a kid. 
Like, dude, that band, it, it's like it would take everything away. It just, I was just better. It was, um, and I always thought that was so crazy when people would talk about how depressing, you know, 90s rock yeah. is. And, 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 and there's, there's this whole stigma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah of, um, you know, Kurt being this depressed guy. That is not my experience. And I, and I, as I've heard from people who are around, uh, him and the band at the time, they were like, no, dude, those guys were like really funny. They liked yeah, joking goofballs. around a lot. Um, no, dude, Nirvana. Oh my gosh, it's uh, yeah, man, but that's I'm like all, the, the they make me so happy. Music I mean, that like you know, Tom Petty said something to the effect of music was the closest thing he'd encountered in the world to actual magic because it can really do that. It can absolutely, I believe, change that, your whole much. outlook. Uh-huh, totally. Um, like there's a there's songs that I'll play at work just like to start the day to get me pumped up mm-hmm. and there's there's playlist i'll put on and it'll come up like today for example an eve six song from horoscope came on oh yeah it's an awesome album nightmare and it was like I, i'd been working and doing stuff and and doing fine but like when that song came on i was like in the next gear up you know it was it was great yeah yeah that's an awesome album. this that album is so much fun yeah um so um yeah but let's sure. go ahead and totally uh, totally lost track totally lost track so uh you know i think you'll be able to tell too when how much go ahead, go, go ahead. no you go you well go i was just gonna go say first. like i think that the production for gish is great it, it it is really good um but i do think that there is a clear huge improvement between gish and siamese dream siamese yeah. dream is such a thick record i mean it's really i do think that there is a reason why a band like Nirvana has really stood the test of time versus a band like the Smashing Pumpkins. The Smashing Pumpkins have, I think they have a really distinct uh, sound and it, and it's very just embedded in, in the mid-90s. And so I don't want to say that it's dated, um, but but I definitely think that like the vibe is just so there that it, it kind of has a little bit of trouble breaking out you know you don't really hear cherub rock on the radio as much as you hear uh most nirvana songs yeah no not at all not Not at all but Um, well when when gish came out it did well it was critically well received and it went gold and um you know it it got more uh acclaim and uh notice and sales than it was expected to oh yeah big time and then when Nevermind came out, there were some people who already kind of like put them in the in the category of has-beens, like they're overshadowed by Nirvana. Yeah. But at the same time, there were other people who would hear them and be like, okay, well, they're the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And so there were, there were kind of two, two outlooks on it, at least. And, uh, you know... I feel like Billy Corgan would really hate the fact that this episode is supposed to be about Siamese Dream and the Smashing Pumpkins, and we're talking. Yeah, yeah. We're bringing up Nirvana so. Yeah, he much. would not like that. We're just trying to put it in context, though. You know, it's true. Like, well, it's not our fault that it's like I'm they're sorry. They're kind of tied because, together. Yeah, I mean, um, there, like, here's uh, an example that that I can think of too. Um, Pink Floyd had released 
the Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Uh-huh. And they thought they had a lot of um, that was also something that people. Do you like that record? Not really. I can't really listen to it. I don't. I don't really like it that much. Um, and um, I think especially the lead singer Sid Barrett at the time before right. he went crazy thought, "Wow, um, this is great." And they they got they got like Beatles comparisons and Bob Dylan comparisons and all these yeah. things. Well, the Beatles, I think, not too long after that, a couple months, released Sgt. Pepper's, which completely completely overshadowed Piper the, the first Pink Floyd record like yeah. I mean it wasn't any it wasn't even discussed I mean just no it, yeah. you know you like people when they people did talk what you were about, trying like, to do better much better right? I, I mean I'm sorry but yeah I mean you know I don't P- think Floyd, I don't think there's a lot of Piper defenders that you need to apologize no. to here but. no there's no, it's just <laughs> there's no question about it it's not as good a record. Piper versus Pepper <laughs> oh, I never heard that before. That's Sergeant funny. Pepper wins. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of put it in context. That's why. Sure, I, sure. I, you know, yeah. like they had the same producer. Yes. Uh, they both dated Courtney Love. Yeah, dude, there are, <laughs> I'm sorry, but there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. It came out on the same fucking year and at the, at the dawn of, you know, kind of a new thing that was happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all these Gen Xers who were listening, you know, for music that spoke to them probably gravitated toward both bands right mm-hmm. both records and so then they went to the studio again with butch fig in atlanta and uh or in georgia at least and they put together ne- their next effort this little record called siamese dream song is such a great way to kick off an album yeah it's uplifting it's got this unique sound
That's a guitar solo right there. Oh man, Billy had yeah, a uh, like a suitcase full of weird old fuzz pedals and all sorts of crazy effects he could find, and brought into the studio with him to just get as many different sounds as he could. And uh, he and Butch spent hours and hours and hours coming up with different guitar sounds, and um, it shows. I mean, it, the sound of that solo is wholly unique. Yeah, um, the amount of layers on there are, I don't even. Yeah, they went insane. Dude, like, it's its really almost unnecessary. <laughs> how, how many, how many, la- like, you don't, I don't think you really, re- people don't really realize. I mean, do you, you don't really understand how, how many layers of guitar uh, that is. Yeah. The, 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 to, to get it to. That kind of thickness, um, it's almost like it's so thick and distorted yet also, but but it's very like um, th- there's still like clarity there yeah. reg- regardless of, of just the the, the, uh, the chaos. I yeah, mean, so I was watching all these, of, uh, all these videos of interviews in studio with the band and uh, videos uh, or interviews of, of Butch Fig years later talking about it and Billy... And they would spend just like 16 hours a day in the studio for weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, just pretty much the two of them were like these, you know, you hear about guys like uh, like Brian Wilson who just go in the studio and, and experiment and do what they can to to make the sounds in their head on a record. And that's what they were doing. They were just, just in there together, you know. When you get a producer and a musician who both have that same drive, mm-hmm. you get albums like this, where yeah, yeah. where there's there's so many new sounds and uh, it just opens up more possibilities for for other musicians. But like to be one of those uh, kind of building block records like like this is, um, you know, it's, it's pretty rare. But it really takes a good producer like Butch Vig and. Uh, you know, a mind like Billy's to kind of put all this together. And they kind of went in there and just went, went crazy in the studio Mm -hmm. and, uh, wound up with, uh, what sounds like what you heard on Cherub Rock there. Track one. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude. Fucking awesome song. God, I remember, I don't actually, I don't remember the first time I I heard that song. I just kind of remember like how many times I played it. I mean, mm-hmm. it w- it was such a wonderful record to get because, like I said, um, I started getting into this music after it, this stuff had already been released oh, and yeah. talked about and celebrated. Mm. It was already, I don't think it was that far. I mean, it was probably like 1998, 1999 yeah. when, when I got this album for my birthday. So so here's, here's, I do remember the first time I heard this song. Really? It was In Your Truck. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, because uh, so to me, Smashing Pumpkins were were kind of this like scary 
band. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked about bands that scared me before, like Marilyn Manson and mm-hmm. uh, White Zombie. Yeah. And both stuff awesome. like that. Both awesome. Yeah. Well, now, like, that I've heard some of it on the show. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially White Zombie. Um, but, like, what I really knew from uh, from Smashing Pumpkins was... Uh, like bullet with butterfly wings. Yeah, my brother Matt and I had seen it like on on MTV oh, or the VH1, video. Yeah. the video, and uh, yeah. you know they're they're dressed like freaks. Mm-hmm. You know, white skin and black yeah. overcoats, and and it's it's a uh, there's uh, I just remember like a green background and belly in in black, and you know stuff like that. Really goth images, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you said you liked Smashing Pumpkins, I was like, oh, you like Smashing Pumpkins? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But then you, you, you put this album in in your truck, and I heard Chair Brock, and I'm like, okay, all right, I like this. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, like, it changed, it, you know, started to change my view of Smashing Pumpkins, at mm-hmm. least. I remember another guy later who I, I thought of as only liking really acoustic, like, like, wussier music i'll say Mm -hmm. and when he told me he liked smashing pumpkins i was like wait and i kind of you know had hadn't listened to him in a long time and had the image of like Mm, bullet with butterfly wings billy yeah in my head and i was like oh then he's he's like yeah like siamese dream and he he talked about the songs on there, mayonnaise and stuff that he loved and it's like okay well now that that makes sense yeah yeah man this is probably their best record it 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 might be. That's a that's a pretty bold statement. Let's hear track two and see if we uh we we continue to to think oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> quiet. This is a uh, quiet, and it's yeah. Um, I've always said it's it's the weakest song on the album, but I still like it. Yeah, no, it's still a good song. It's just also my least favorite it doesn't change a lot there's you kind of hear this sound that's, the whole time. that's true let's give it a chance there is one part that i like and i bet you you can guess it that, that riff right there that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Track two, yeah, never been my favorite. Um, that part's good. The 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 after verse. I don't know if it's a chorus. I kind of wish it was was. later on the record too. Like when you when you put out an album, like you want to 
you want it to start off really strong, and it does obviously with with Cherubrock. Yeah, yeah. I feel um, like if Cherubrock went into uh, what is track three, you know, we feel a lot better about the first half of the record. Yeah, but you know, the, this yeah, this one. This has a music video that would make anybody smile. It's whimsical. It's really very happy. A little hat. Intro riff, one of the great guitar riffs of the '90s, right? Oh yeah, extraordinarily I mean, I've recognizable. I've heard people who don't really even play guitar kind of try and pick that out. Mm-hmm. I like this bend right here. Great man, great song. Huge single. I don't know. You think everybody like who listens to this knows this song already? Yeah. Like, I, if dude, everybody knows that song. I mean, it's it's yeah. like their biggest pop hit. You think or like? Well, uh, no. Um, it's it's the, uh, probably nineteen seventy nine is definitely the biggest hit. Um, or um, tonight, 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 which are both, dude. Tonight, tonight is an extraordinary song. Yeah, it dude, really that's is. that's it's an beautiful. it's a masterpiece. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It, so, what what I love about Billy Corgan um, is is his like almost, especially especially then like his his absolute um, determination to 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 do that. 
Like yeah. he 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 almost as if he wrote that song and and it was completely intended to be what it what it was. I mean, you know, deliberate. His you know, his arrogance was just kind of like yeah, we should almost, say he's one of those really arrogant. Extraordinarily oh. arrogant, but but the, but the reason why I give him I kind of I don't mind that. In fact, I admire it is because so many times he's been able to Wait, be like, wait, dude, wait. I did. You, I did you admire somebody super arrogant? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Seems out of character for you. Really? Yeah, yeah. You usually like the more humble, meek type. Like, <sighs> you seem like a, you know, salt of the earth kind of like nose to the grindstone. No? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what in the bullshit... You are talking about Adam. I know. See, no. this is this is though. Like, I don't, I don't understand this because you love you you love the uh, the control freak rock star types that uh, they get in there and, and my way or the highway. And yeah, yeah. dude, those that's, yeah, you dude, have that's little the, the love best for bands Don in the world. Henley, dude, because Don Henley, leader of Don Henley and the Eagles, <laughs> dude, Don, the genius, the brains. No, and he, the greatest voice. Of uh, his he generation. he has a great voice. That's true. Don Henley has a great voice. That's why they didn't let Don Felder sing. Uh, <laughs> What's Hotel California. That that one and um. Oh, was Vic, Victim one? of Love. Have you heard Victim of Love? Yes, dude. Victim of Love is an awesome Eagle song. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's not one I think about a lot. Don Felder wrote that song. Um, and he is that the one he went out to lunch. Yeah, or Don the the, the, uh, the engineer was like, uh, you know what, man, let's take a break. Let's and he took him out and specifically because I think he told so. Don Henley like, hey, look, I'm taking Don Felder out to lunch. You need to sing this, and when we get back, we'll listen to it, and he will see. He'll concede because obviously he can't sing like you. But like, why? Why is it okay for Billy? to record all the guitar parts on the album. Dude, because he's better and, than them. And But why isn't... Why do you hold it against Don Henley when he does similar things? You because know, like, because Don Henley is actually not a nice guy. He's a good man. No, he's a, he's a horrible piece of shit asshole he's who deserves... He's uh, He's the worst fucking Texan. He, he might as well respect. be from Oklahoma or Arkansas. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, or like That's Kansas. a cold shot. I mean, oh God, or God forbid Louisiana or oh ugh, Alabama. Gosh. One of those. Like, what no, are you dude, saying? Wash no. your mouth out with soap. I will. Um, no, no. Billy, Billy is actually effective, and I think that at the end of the day, he's a nice guy. Don Henley is is a horrible, horrible asshole. Oh, dude, I actually, I love this song, dude. Hummer. This is such a weird intro. What is this? The Tom Petty album, Damn the Torpedoes, has something a lot like this. Oh, really? Yeah. Another one of those things, you know? Jimmy Iovine and Tom Petty in the studio just going nuts. Jimmy Iovine's also an evil guy. I, I love how that sounds, dude. Absolutely. Cranking it. But this is an example of like a 90s tone. Yeah, yeah. 
but but they're but like they do it the best. They, they definitely do it the best. Listen to that that fuzz. He loves the fuzz. It's like three solo at yeah. one time. <laughs> so, dude, it's. I, I love this song, man. This fucking album is amazing. I'm so, I'm so happy. Feeling good. bummer when you're a hummer that's right dude that's the line and then it goes into like a completely different thing you could fade out here but that song has like so many different parts but they're all so good yeah man that's a great song because he's such a easy feeling a peaceful easy absolutely you might say dude if you keep fucking bringing up the eagles i will i I will end this entire show there will never be another 1990 what episode i don't believe you (laughs) The fucking eagles. God, you pollute pollute this beautiful episode with that common shit. Don Henley, man. Oh, God, he's... I think Don Henley wrote this next song. No, you know what? Dude, that's... Dude, this song fucking rules. I love this song. This is Rocket. 
by the Smashing Pumpkins from their 1993 second album, Siamese Dream. That distortion just like it just goes on for days. It's encompassing every single orifice of air. Yes. Beautiful little melody right there. Drenched in distortion. And then and then I love this like this this line right here, this this guitar part right here. Oh yeah. Kind of Beatlesy. Yeah. Psychedelic. That's so awesome, man. Yeah, see, like, Smashing Pumpkins aren't just a grunge band. No, like, not, no, not at all, not at all. No, these guys were like a... I, I don't even know. They don't write little three-chord punk songs. Like, the song ends in a blast-off, too. It does. I don't think we'll get there. But. Key change. Yeah, man. Rocket. Dude, Rocket. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, again, uh, um, there was about like maybe 15 different guitar parts. <laughs> There's so much song. happening in these. Like. It's it, Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, my gosh. Layers upon... Layers and they don't and that's the thing like they're they're not all the whole time those they'll just pop in and out, you know like he'll have some idea for some bend or some little lick or riff, and it'll be it'll be like a totally different pedal a totally different sound, either more fuzzy or less fuzzy, yeah. um, the you know yeah Billy's deliberate push for uh, the grandiose. Yeah, um, and and he and he executed incredibly well With on this album. Huge specifically, orchestrations. Yeah, specifically because the other members were not in his way. He pushed them down. I think they just he trampled knew, them underfoot. I think they knew well enough to. I think they did too. Like I, I, think, I really do. I think I'm gonna just go to dinner and let Billy uh, write the record. Not that it was easy on him to do that, but I think they knew. You know. I mean, yeah. and then you get things like this. Dude. One of the best songs of the 90s. Like, Absolutely, yeah. This is Disarm.
It's fantastic, dude. It's fantastic. He had it in him to do things like this, so I mean, I guess his arrogance is kind of warranted. It's completely justified. I've already <laughs> said that, Adam. I was right. I was right. So this, uh, as Butch Vig tells it, was written as a as a rock song, full band, instead of uh, this acoustic guitar with a, what sounds like a full orchestra. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it wasn't working. They couldn't get it right. Um, there's actually a, there's a recording on one of their DVDs. I believe it's called Euphoria, where they performed this song as a rock song with the full band. <clears throat> Excuse me there. Uh, but it just it didn't work out in the studio, and they were just, they were thinking of even scrapping the song. But, you know, they, they both knew that it was an important piece, and they wanted it on there. Billy just grabs an acoustic guitar and starts playing it. And Butch is like, well, let's record this. And then they started like adding in samples and stuff. They, uh, they added in some synthesizer strings and, uh, and decided to try and go for that. So they, they, they hired like a string quartet and, uh, it's another time they went insane, just like layering. He said they spent two full days layering more of the same, uh, two, two cellos and two violins <laughs> and uh wound up with this it sounds like i mean it sounds to me like full orchestra but yeah it's yeah. just a uh-huh. little quartet but yeah disarm it's just um yeah awesome. you know it's kind of a precursor to tonight tonight uh, it really is yeah and i think it's just one of the one of the most beautiful pieces of music by one of those 90s bands you know uh yeah no the uh, land- landmark track um yeah man it's really i remember um i remember hearing this uh it's the funny thing about this song the first time i heard it was actually on my dad's stereo uh-huh. i came home one day and my dad was listening to this and um he would like uh, around that when I started getting CDs, he would like come into my room and get them and put them on the stereo, which sometimes was really awkward. Yeah, you're because, like, hang on now. Well, yeah, because like <laughs> w- one time he he put on uh, Nine Inch Nails, and I knew that oh, that was a terrible, terrible mistake. What well, because because like awful. it had like swearing on yeah. it. Yeah, but I knew where the swear words were, uh-huh. and it was on it was on track five. Um. Of, yeah, some Nine Inch Nails record. I remember, it, like, as it was getting closer and closer to that song, I started to like panic. And then he, um, I, I, I bought uh, Nimrod by Green Day, uh-huh. and of course, the yeah. first song is "Nice Guys Finish Last" with the line, "I'm so fucking happy I could cry." Yes, yes. dude. When that line, when that line happened, Did dude, laugh? I, I freak. No, he didn't do anything. <laughs> he just kept listening to it. He was, he was just kind of bobbing his head, and I was like, "Did he not?" Did he not hear that? Did they just sing it too fast? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, maybe he just didn't hear it. But then they do it over and over again, and, and he was like, "No, he just loved music." Yeah, I mean, he, he does. As, as you know, he just yeah, he just yeah. loves music. And um, and I mean, the thing like later I knew like well, 
he already knew about like the Ramones, yeah, and a bunch yeah. of old school punk. So he knew he was listening. He's to got like, records on oh. the shelf that have, you know, the same swear words. Oh yeah, there yeah. were like like to him like that was nothing new. This is just like a new style of power pop. You know? So like when you you've talked a lot about how your dad was a. Uh, Part of the Columbia Record Club. Yeah, yeah, he would get like five or six CDs like a month. Yeah, my dad did that too. I just found out. Really? Yeah, I was talking to him about the Talking Heads because I've been kind of going through a little phase listening to Talking Heads, and uh, I know he likes them. And um, he told me that he got most of their albums with the Columbia Record Club. And uh, when he started uh, at the Irving Police Department, with his one of his early paychecks, he he. Uh, you know, started doing, I mean, he started with the, uh, you know, 10 records for a dollar or whatever the deal was. Oh my God. 10 records for a dollar? Yeah. Or, oh. you know, that's how it starts. Dude, that's amazing. Did, didn't you ever see those ads that were like 10 CDs for a penny? Things I like think that? so. Yeah. And I um, asked my dad, like, why didn't you do that? Was, and I think he did tell me like, oh no, they don't, they don't offer me that anymore. Yeah. You start with that. Yeah. And, uh, that's, you know, then people who didn't read the fine print would see these records showing up and be like, what the heck? Why am I getting more records from you guys? And so, yeah, but yeah, he, he knew what he was getting into <clears throat> and he, uh, he, he would buy a record every month with that and, um, or whatever it was. But yeah, that's how I remember him having a big record collection. Dude. Yeah. Probably ended up on the curb or something or oh, sold in a garage sale or damn, something. Dude, but he didn't keep them. Oh, no, no. His oh. vinyl's gone. Uh, you know, us kids probably destroyed a lot of it. There were six of us. and <laughs> Dude, dude, my father would have fucking beat the shit out of Like, he has never been that kind of person. Mm-hmm. But if me and Marcus did, dude. One time when we were redoing the um, the living room uh, and put it, getting rid of the carpet and putting in uh, hard wo- wood, we, had to, we, t- we tore everything out. We did, it, we did it ourselves. We did it as a family. Um, and, uh, the, it came time to get, collect the records and stack them in, uh, in, in piles on, uh, in, in, on the kitchen floor where they would stay while we took everything out. And, um, well, before I, before I tell the story, I, I want to make note of how incredibly beautiful the intro to this song is. This song is probably... It might be my second favorite on this record. I absolutely love Soma. Um, I'm going to keep telling the story, but ladies and gentlemen, please do yourselves a favor. Go back and listen to Soma by yourself at night. Uh, light a candle. Anyway, dude, he was he was adamant. Like, you guys, be fucking careful with these. Don't stack them more than, like, ten. Yeah. Do not do that. So he said that, right? Well, now, like... The, the kitchen is like a fucking landmine place because we have all these short stacks of... Because you, you've seen yeah. my dad's vinyl oh, yeah. collection. It's, 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 it's huge. huge. It's an, uh, huge. Um, Takes up your whole living room. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah, Disarm. First time I ever heard it was I walked in the house and he had gotten to that point into the record. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, this song came on. And I think I nearly fell asleep on the couch. It was absolutely, it was oh, incredibly pleasing. Yeah. Love to fall asleep to this song. It'll wake you up later, though. Yes, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> don't you fucking close your eyes yet. Um, my dad would fall asleep to uh, the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, and wake up to the alarms on time. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. On his eight track. 
Yeah, because um, those they're loud. But yeah, Disarm for me was one of those songs that I don't know when I first heard it, and I definitely didn't know it was the Smashing Pumpkins for a long time. Yeah. Um, until probably when you showed me the this album in your truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just I when I heard truck. that, I was like, okay, there's one of those sounds that yeah. I remember hearing multiple times throughout my youth but never knew what it was you know mm-hmm. uh, kind of had the same thing I think I told the story with uh, with Champagne Supernova mm-hmm. some of those 90s songs are like that you know they just they're just there in the background and then when you really latch onto a band it becomes one of your favorite songs We this played Soma on. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. We played Soma on our uh, deep cuts episode. Really? Yeah. What were you gonna say about the piano? Right here. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's so fucking beautiful. Just peppered in there. Yeah. So so go ahead and keep playing this song because. This song grows and expands and travels really so well. Listen to this shit. Listen to that. Awesome. And and then a super passionate guitar solo that that happens here in a little bit. Just filled with bends and and ferocity and and it builds. Dude. It's it's so anxious. It's an anxious solo. Right here. Here it is. It's, It's trying. It wants to. You've never known such desperation. Such desperation as you will hear. As you will hear now. It's a slow burn to start. The screeching. Edward Van Halen? Fantastic. Oh man, dude. Soma. Yeah. Oh man, I do I love that song. Me too. Man. It's it's such a like that, that's how that's how good that's how good this record was to me back then like i mean these songs were like long but oh, i mean yeah. I, but, but i mean like they, they they kept me in 
it just kept me in voluntarily. I stayed in because I was like, dude, this man, I don't even know where I am. It'd be a lot to work with too, you know. Um, if you don't, you know, if you're not feeling one section of a song, it's gonna change. It it will. (laughs) It will. It very well could get even. But you'll probably be feeling it already, and you'll feel the next part too. Mm -hmm. This used to be my favorite one on the record. Listen to this shit. USA. So this was like early on. This is your favorite track on the record. Oh yeah, yeah. And then of course the loud, quiet, loud. It's like this. This totally changes. It's like I don't feel bad for playing it because it's like a different song now. Yeah. Just keep it going. Completely different. <laughs> this is kind of the title track. guitar playing huh <laughs> dude that was great man billy billy's billy is really good oh he's a really good guitar player yeah it's okay. awesome this song is this song is my favorite on the record oh i think i know what you're talking about i think it's mine too 
I mean, like, I don't know if it's well, I don't know, but it's really. I think this is one of the bit in the entire catalog. This next song is one of the most beautiful, most fantastic Smashing Pumpkins songs, and I'm really happy to say that because James Eha actually had a lot to do in the writing in oh, this yeah? song. Yes, him and uh, he he. I think he had quite a bit of input into the writing of it. James E. Haw, of course, being the other guitar player in Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. All right. Well, here is Mayonnaise. Bend. Oh, it's beautiful, man. I love when people do clever things with harmonics like that. Mm-hmm. And then list this. Oh my God, this it's beautiful. Uses that little pre-bend thing he does in the uh, the solo for the cover of Landslide they do too. Oh wow!
God forbid I ever had a crush on a girl in junior high or high school and having heard this song, I feel like it pulls that out of you. If you're a loner and you're a kid or you're some dude and you're 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 kind of like Mosley-ish, like you know Mosley from Downton Abbey, and you're a little down on yourself, <laughs> let, let me tell you something. Don't worry about it. Don't don't worry. Don't don't burden yourself too much with the acceptance of others. Man, you gotta accept yourself. Just feel like, you know, this album was born out of Billy's depression, writer's block, anxiety, panic attacks. Absolutely. Suicidal thoughts. And oh, oh, man. Big time. To result in, in something like this must just feel so validating because mm-hmm. that song is just absolutely top to bottom. Oh, it's fantastic. Masterpiece. That's a beautiful song. Man, mayonnaise. Um, oh, God. The, the, it's It's just so dramatically romantic and uh and just so tragic at the same time um i appreciate how honest billy was in this record now i'm gonna go ahead and admit i'm not really much of a person to listen to lyrics so he could have said that it was about anything at all and and i would have just believed him but the (laughs) fact that the fact that um i do know that he has stated many many times about how personal this record was uh-huh. um i like that and and it kind of makes me sometimes i get mad at, at rivers cuomo because rivers that's easy did, to do he did the same thing with pinkerton and yet hated it and disregarded it it was almost as if rivers got was dis- disregarding his deepest self which yeah. is honestly that's like dude that's shameful you should never be you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to, that's supposed to be a freeing thing. And he didn't yeah. allow it to be that. He was like, He allowed oh, it to shit. let him take a couple steps back. Yeah, you know? it was like, like, oh shit, the magazines didn't give me the credit that I got from the Blue Album. So I, me. Yeah, so so he, he was, he was, he, he yeah. like, it was, it was like, no, there's something wrong with me. That's the, that was the wrong reaction. I think he knows that now because of no. what, what mm-hmm. he has said about, Pinkerton and the lyrical content from uh, what's that one song? Sorry, guys, I didn't realize. Oh, back to the shack. Back to the shack. Everything will be all right in the end. Yeah, Yeah. where it was like, which makes sense to me because Weezer put out so many shitty, shitty albums, (laughs) and I love every one of them, dude. And and honestly, (laughs) it's his fault. It is his fault for trying to be anything, everything but himself. Where I think Billy Corgan was smart enough and great enough, and he didn't make that mistake. Yeah. He just did it unapologetically. Because <clears throat> there's a lot of people that don't like Billy. Oh, yeah. And they think that he's a pompous jerk. They think he's a Don Henley type. and I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm <laughs> not even kidding. I, I will throw my $2,800 laptop right out in the street. You throw Oppenheimer? I will not throw Oppenheimer. I was bluffing. I knew it. I knew it. All Ladies right. and gentlemen, Oppenheimer is the name of my uh, laptop because this it's so next extraordinary. Song is about Billy's brother. It is. 
care for this song too much the first time around. I really, really like it now. Actually, that's not true. I, I, I think I actually, I think I've always have liked it. This really is a versatile record. Yeah. Yeah, they're really uh multifaceted, you know. They can they can get down in the muck and really give you a dirty sounding song yeah create things of beauty and anything in between too space boy Yeah, I guess this song doesn't do as much as some other songs, but it's nice and pleasant. I've always liked this one. Even for a song that's not my favorite, it still, I would say, is extremely well done. The orchestration, the way it's written. um, I love the sound of the acoustic guitar. It's not too thin, but it's not too boomy. Yeah, I love love a good acoustic song on any album, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, that's Space Boy. Space Boy missed you all right for billy's brother and up next we have a a song i'll let you say the title of oh silver fuck oh (laughs) there's space boy again (laughs) forgot to push that there it is this is a great song Ooh, the song big drums big jungly drums Yeah, Jimmy Chamberlain was uh, was going through some addiction problems at the time. Yep. Darcy Retsky, is that how you say her last name? Yeah, I think so. She had had some huge breakup, like, and everybody was having tensions within the band, too, with Billy kind of assuming control over everything. Yep. James Ehaw was, like, not even talking. Yeah. I don't think he's a big talker, anyway. No, he's... He seems to be quite quiet. Quite quiet. Maybe track two is about James E. <laughs> I like how this comes down like this after such chaos. Yeah, man. Lots of rain. And then it kicks right back in. Screaming back in.
hands. He just does this like... He has this way of making it sound like just like a jet engine soaring mm-hmm. through the sky. Like... Is this, is this song over? No. No? Oh, oh no. This this is another like um journey. Oh yeah. There's like this uh This is the one with like the uh the lady talking at the end, right? Um Yeah, I think so. Like it's buried in there. It's just like a heartbeat. Yeah, wow, you're right. This is where it gets kind of like. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna echoey and Mm -hmm. stuff and like. go down into the quantum realm. Sounds like we're inside of a kaleidoscope. The colors, it's turning.
Yeah, yeah. That's I remember the first time I heard that. I thought when I thought it was over, and the shit went because it comes like <laughs> it's like it fades in, but it fades in like really fast. So yeah, it, it, dude, it scared the shit out of me because <laughs> it because it goes it goes like to full volume. Oh, I, I I love this song. I think this is so happy, beauty, sweet, sweet, and, it, and it's really short. Next to last track on the record. Siamese Dream came out July 27, 1993. Sold 4 million records in the U.S. Something like that. 10 million worldwide. Nice little palate cleanser, right? After uh, for the expansive silver, yeah, yeah, and it's like it, like it's almost over. I think it's to- it's a really short song. It's about a minute and a half long. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. I, sweet. I I like that song. It is sweet. It truly, it's is. Too, it's totally happy. It reminds me of Muzzle. The uh, the yeah. album art for this is pretty sweet too. It's pretty. It is cool. Two little girls, just they could be Siamese twins. Yeah, I, you don't yeah, really know. but I don't think that they actually are. No, I don't believe so. No. They've got. They're a just pair like of standing really close. Yeah, they're they're. I think they're like hugging sisters or cousins, and they're just like BFFs, you know. Mm-hmm. Here's the last track on the record. It's called Luna. This song used to put me to sleep. Like th- I found it to be very soothing. I think that's what I loved about this record—the completely difference in dynamic. Like they, that would have like some of them are just monstrous warfare chaos. <laughs> yes. And and the others are just like, you know. Like an an evening at a at a at an angel spa.
love a closing track you can fall asleep to, mm-hmm. like Butterfly on Pinkerton. Oh yeah, something. The really strings close that's, that's perfect. Yeah. The way they just drone. light and positivity yes he was not feeling that though maybe not not all the time no, I think that definitely um, not the uh, yeah I do that a lot I, I begin to say something and then I don't say a fucking thing ladies and gentlemen I'm so sorry I've, I've, I've addressed this before earlier in this show in an earlier episode, uh, I've just never corrected it. You, you've had to deal with that shit, and I yeah. am not sorry as it as it comes to be. I'm not. That's uh, right. I am who I am. Take charge there. Yeah. <clears throat> so this Mike, has been a fantastic episode. What was next? Where did they Where did they go from here? The pumpkins. Well, you know, not uh, a couple years later, three, four years later, they release Melancholy. Um, I think at the time they even considered it their magnum opus. Uh, it was a double album, a huge ambitious effort, and it was an absolute incredible success. The Smashing Pumpkins had um, a career that a lot of groups really would like to have a fantastic um first debut record and and it and it also like their first their debut record had the cool factor because yeah. it wasn't like necessarily like a mainstream success but it was still success it, it was incredibly successful while for what having, it was for yeah and while also having a huge amount of street cred and then the second record was all full-on major label commercial polished you know, pol- polished perfected record and um and then melancholy you know just i mean it just like it was like their popularity their commercial success everything compounded yeah and um you know me- melancholy i think really was the the absolute height and i mean that's not to say a bad you know i don't want to say that in a bad way because they were at such a height it really was like it's like when we did the oasis episode mm-hmm. you know by 1996 how much bigger like when oasis played nebworth 
how much bigger could they get? I mean, it was really, there was really nowhere else to go. Yeah. Like, you know, how do you grow from that? You can't, you, you can't even sustain that kind of success. Like it's, it would have been impossible to stay at that level. You know, so I've, for the I, Smashing Pumpkins to get to where they got with Melancholy, I think they probably even knew, like, dude, this is... We can't is, top this. <laughs> yeah, this is this is it. I mean... No, I'm sure Billy... You know, Billy, after that, kind of wanted to ditch traditional rock instrumentation, yep. mm-hmm. go away from guitars, drums, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and try electronic stuff, and, you know, that... Mm, Every every but rock band didn't last. They've kind of mm. gone back now. But yeah. like you know, the I think with his arrogance and hubris, maybe he just decided, you know, I don't need a guitar to to continue and to progress and to continue to make these amazing instrumenta or uh, orchestrations and. But you know, it just it's rare, never it's, really got it's, back. Yeah, it's rare for a band to do that. Like yeah. Radiohead did that. They, yeah, they they did it and and succeeded big time at it, um, and con- continued to do so. Uh, and then there's there's bands like, for example, No Effects, who have never changed. No, they nor, have the same song. Really, should they? And and really, they just write the same songs over and over and over again. No. But for them, it's kind of embarrassing because I think that they, like Fat Mike, has this Billy Corgan idea of himself when it's just not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was true in like 91 through 98, you know, and, and but but after that, it just really, it's Mike, just the same old thing. You got some beef with Fat Mike? Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I really don't think he's that great. Uh-oh. Um. Uh, but I mean, like there are some no effects albums. We need to do a Fat Records episode. Absolutely not. We already did, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. We do. We could do '90s no effects. Cause we I, could do that. I, I'll tell you what. Like White Trash, Two Heaps and a Bean, Punk and Drublick. I've never so listened to that things. one, dude. That's a great record. Hmm. Yeah, I've it's never listened really to White good. Trash. I don't White Trash. Have you heard? Or uh, Having Petting Zoo. Heavy Petting Zoo. It's not that great. It's it's got a couple of. Good songs. So long and thanks for all the shoes. That is that's a fantastic. A, oh my album. gosh. Yeah. One of my faves. That's awesome. I actually did like pump up the volume. Oh um, right, right. And the war on errorism. That's a good record. Dude, War on Errorism yeah. is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um there also is an album called Coaster that has an amazing opening track. And then there's that's also a song later, called, right? That's yeah, like later. mid two thousands. Yeah, mid two thousands. Uh, there's a song called The Quitter. It's about drinking. That's an awesome song. Um, but, I mean. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to our No Effects episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no effects. You know, dude, the, the book that they wrote as a band, it's called The Hepatitis Bathtub and Other Stories. Oh, my gosh. That it's sounds... r- dude, it's really good. It's a great book. It's also disgusting. Do you have it? No, I, mm. I I would go to Barnes and Noble when I was living in Shitport, Louisiana, <laughs> and uh, I would go and I'd read it for free. It was something that I just did on my own. Mm. You know, it's one of my pastimes. You should have known before you moved to a place with that name. You know, you should have known. I should have. There were a lot of things about living there that were a complete waste of time and one hundred percent regrettable. Um, and then there were some that were totally awesome. 
Yeah, that's like a lot of places though, you know, like any college town for sure. Like Yeah. yeah. Like I, I was so sick of my college town before I left. But like, you know, it's just kind of some nostalgia when you look back on it and but really, I just like don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm like done with that place still mentally. But you know. What I hear was like it my sister, Rexburg. Oh yeah. I hear my sister talk about it and she's so nostalgic for it, but I'm just saying like, yeah. Yeah. yeah place sucks. I don't want to go there again. Yeah, fuck that. Sure place. I will someday, but you might. Well, cool. Um Got some uh, nighttime positivity for us, Mike, before we wrap things up here? Actually, I probably don't. Oh, I, good. I don't think I do. Um, oh, good, good. I hate <laughs> positivity. It's no, the worst. I, I don't know. I mean, it's raining here. That's and that, beautiful. That was, man, that's, I love the rain. It's been so nice. Yeah, it's been a wonderful. The lightning was crazy. Yeah. Um, Flashes of daylight in the night. And... uh. Dude, it was crazy. Some of them were very loud. Um, the rain coming down torrentially. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, I just made that up. Whatever. It's the word. Okay. Um, I loved it, and I really, really like it. I miss it because it's also been atrociously hot. Yeah, and so it was like nice. 70s today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beauty. Yeah, it's been awesome. No, I don't really have much positivity tonight, but that does not mean that I'm not in a positive mood and that I do not wish to spread a positive aura and or message regardless of uh, me spouting off uh, uh, positive um, things. Uh, I I do think that, you know, there's, a, I don't know, I don't, I, I, I've been succumbing to YouTube lately and uh, wasting time watching just mm. different things on YouTube. I consider it a waste of time no matter what I'm watching unless I'm deliberately trying to educate myself on a certain subject. Um, as I said, I think in a couple of other, in a previous show or a show before last that I had started journaling uh, just to some music, you know, classical music or whatever, any kind of instrumental music that that is not really uh, robbing too much of my attention. And I really need to get back into that. I think that... Um, if there's anybody, uh, folks, if you're out there, I, I don't know. For me, um, wasting my time uh, with useless uh, entertainment gives me a feeling of anxiety. For example, I find that I'm later to work, and I think the reason why is because I'm sitting around and subconsciously it's like I'm waiting to be useful, but but I'm not, and, and I've done it on purpose. I have purposefully chosen to uh, choose useless entertainment that's going to do nothing for me it doesn't even matter if it's cute german shepherds you know being taken for a bath or, or taken, oh yeah i love those you know yeah german shepherd bath videos yeah or uh or anything um videos of elephants you know because they're uh, they're a really fantastic animal sometimes i watch videos of lions roaring a lion <laughs> roar is a fascinating wonderful thing it's like you you look at them and they roar and it's like they use every inch of their body from the tip of the tail to to their open mouth to roar. I mean, it looks like it's like an event for them. Like when when they do it, like they've got no energy left, and and it's like this. I'll sleep now. It's like that, and then first it's really long, and then it's like this, like that, and um. You look at their body, their whole body shakes and vibrates as they roar. I mean, it's like, I can't imagine 
how loud it must be in person. Anyway, oh, yeah. this is the kind of stuff I watch. And though it's not you know necessarily negative, however, it doesn't really lend any personal growth or discovery. So I need to be a little bit more disciplined and go back into my newly routine of just kind of journaling and thinking about good things. And folks, if you're out there and you're at all unsatisfied with any portion of your life, uh, what I suggest is choosing something that you know is going to require a little bit of discipline. You might be afraid. You you might be a little anxious because here's the thing. I think my problem is um, I, I have a feeling that I'm missing out. Like if I don't watch YouTube, I'm missing out. But But I'm not. Uh, for some reason, I'm tricking myself. And I have a feeling like a lot of people are tricking themselves into giving in to things that they know are not going to do anything for them. Uh, so choose something that you, you, you think you might enjoy and also might be good for you, but you know is going to require a little bit more discipline than you might even be willing to try. And then just take one day a week. Don't, don't, choose an hour of the day or a certain time i'm telling you like just take the entire day one day a week you know choose the easiest day it would be to do do this thing and do it and i know that for me it really 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 helped it really did and i can't wait to get back into it i know i need to i've been weak and i have been uh you know uh lazy and and not disciplined for about two weeks now and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go back uh, for my own uh, sake. So, folks. You did um, come better, Mike. Yeah. Folks, get out there. Be be disciplined and do good things for yourself. You have the power. You deserve everything. You deserve great things. But, man, you got to understand it comes from within. you got to give goodness to yourself. Don't go wasting your time searching for that shit outside of yourself. It, it's coming from you. You're responsible for your happiness. You You are. You, you fucking are. And once you realize that and live up to it, shit's going to change for you. It will. You're going to be inviting good things. The universe is going to say, now there's a motherfucker that I want to bless. Uh, try it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us with for the episode dedicated to the Smashing Pumpkins. And, like I said, dedicate this to my main man Jason, my cousin Jank the Tank, check out those video game videos. They are fucking dope. Ladies and gentlemen, from 1990, what? I am Michael. And I am Adam. We bid you good, good night. night.